Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture reading this morning is uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 52. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophets. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom, new treasures as well as old. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, as Scott's voice is soothing and quiet as he spoke, and you can just imagine how Jesus' voice was probably a lot like his. When he asked him, do you understand what I just said? Are you, are you getting it? I like the way you thank you very much for sharing, your, sharing with us. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in the field, said Jesus. 
It's like a merchant in search of pearls. It's like a net that was thrown into the sea with the goal of, of, of catching fish just beneath the waves. And so Jesus is, is comparing the kingdom of heaven to a variety of, of, of valuable items. And in those days, those items were, were pearls and fish. And there were some unexpected treasures. And as he would be sharing with us, we have to remember as we listen to um, Scott this morning, there's treasures all over. How many, how many goes to eBay? Anybody go to eBay? Oh, yeah. Come on. You can admit it. It's okay. <laughs> Lots of people go to eBay. And they search for these very precious items. There's all kinds of places you can go. You can go to eBay. You can go to on, on, on uh, Facebook. There's all these little shopping marts. And everyone's looking for a bargain. They want to find some really cool stuff. And sometimes people get surprised by the value of the things they find. There was a, there was a man named Morris Park. He was a British antiques dealer. And he saw this old film container. You know, he goes, oh, okay. So I gave five bucks for it. When he opened it, he found that there was a never-released Charlie Chaplin movie in it called Zept. Well, that thing was worth $60,000. And then there was an insect specialist, and his name was Richard Harrington, and he paid $30 for this little insect he saw. You know, it's probably, you know, he had through his screen, saw this little insect, and it was encased in amber. But they've come to find out that little insect was previously unknown, and it is now an extinct species of an aphid, and one that lived some 40 to 50 million years ago. That little bug is priceless now. And then there was uh, Philip Gura. He was an American literature professor. He paid $481 for a picture of the poet Emily Dickinson. Now you say, oh, wow, that's no big deal. Well, you might. It was because there was only, it was only the second photograph ever known to be in existence. And so it's priceless. But then there was Marie's. She paid far less for something. She was just this community nurse from New Jersey. She went on eBay and she spent $16 for a pair of jeans. Just, you know, blue jeans. But that wasn't the end of the story. She wrote the seller to ask about other sizes. And wouldn't you know it, the two fell in love and got married. I know, isn't that, doesn't that just touch your heart? <laughs> but see, these are unexpected treasures. You know, you buy this old film container and then you find a, a, a Charlie Chaplin film in it. You buy a pair of jeans, you find a husband. And <laughs> Jesus says the, the kingdom of heaven it's small, and it's seemingly insignificant. It's just like that little mustard seed that Gwenny had. But once it's planted, it grows into the greatest of shrubs. It provides a, a hospitable home for the birds of the air. Or it might be almost invisible like that bag of yeast, but then when you add flour to it, it has this powerful effect. It causes the loaf of bread to rise. Jesus described the kingdom of heaven as a set of unexpected finds. He said this is like a, like a treasure that's hidden out in a field, a pearl of great value, and a net that catches fish of, 
of every kind. And he wanted his disciples to see a relationship between these parables and to grasp that the kingdom is an unexpected treasure. It is hidden from everyday life. And he challenged them. He said, I want you to, to pick your, the prize well. I want you to pursue it with passion. And I want you to have a single mind purpose. He wanted each of them to see themselves as the master who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. He wanted them to see the kingdom of God in, in both the new parables of Jesus, but also in the old teaching that the Hebrew lawyers, givers, and, and, and the prophets had given them. And this acknowledgement of value in the, the new and the old fits the agenda of Matthew, who wanted to, to he wanted to connect the ministry of Jesus to the history of Israel. And throughout the gospel, he seems to be presenting Jesus and maybe as a second Moses. He's giving new laws he's, he's, and, and he's teaching Israel. He's also teaching the world. Choosing the right prize is very important because there will be a final reckoning. The parable of the net speaks of the separation between the good fish and the bad fish. Jesus said, so it will be at the end of the age. The angels, they will come out and they will separate the evil from the righteous. And the decision to pursue, to pursue the treasure of the kingdom of heaven has e eternal consequences, according to Jesus. He said the kingdom is a prize that changes a person's life for all time. You have to pick your prize well, Jesus warns, and you have to pursue it with sacrifice, with passion, and with purpose. So, what are your treasures? Are they small, but are they valuable? Are they unattractive, but important? Are they old, are they new? Are they hidden off in a field somewhere? Or maybe they're on eBay. You know, our treasures say a lot about ourselves and what we value. And Jesus said elsewhere that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The treasures that we pursue in this life, they give us the clearest indication of what it is that resides in our hearts. So Jesus invites us to be on the lookout for the kingdom of heaven because it's probably going to be small, most likely unattractive, hidden from view. Maybe it's old and dusty. But when we find it, we will be just like the people in the parables who will pay anything to have it because it is priceless. And our challenge is to be on the lookout for where the kingdom is hidden and to train our eyes on its value. You know, we spend a lot of time looking for what is new these days. We might be on our iPhones scrolling around trying to find this fresh information, all the great shopping places 
that we can find the latest in fashion or electronics. But often the kingdom is found in what is old. Signs of the kingdom are sometimes best seen as we look back out throughout history as both Christians and Americans. You know, history can, can teach us where the kingdom has been allowed to emerge and when it's been suppressed. There's an author, his name is Brian McLaurin, and he's a great author, he's a great pastor, and he finds it interesting that it is primarily the Jews who say, never forget when they recall the Holocaust. And he said, well, shouldn't the Germans be saying it even more, he asked. And, and, and shouldn't, it, shouldn't Americans be upset about the atrocities against slaves and Native Americans? And as Christians, he says, we should all look back on our first 2,000 years of Christian history. We should face our failure for all the, the atrocities and the cowardice and the complicity and our betrayal of Jesus. And we should say to ourselves, never forget. Sometimes the kingdom of heaven begins to emerge when we look honestly at the past and we change our ways. If we have eyes to see and if we have ears to hear, we will discover that the kingdom of heaven is still trying to appear among us. Hardships in life can be unattractive, but they are very important. They can inspire us to be better people. They can, they can help us serve Christ in new ways. And in a very real way, hardships can be signs of the kingdom of heaven. They reveal the presence of God in both joy and sorrow, in comfort and in pain. Success and failure, darkness and light. Struggle can be a treasure, an unexpected treasure. When we miss it, when we expect all of life to be joyful and comfortable and successful and just full of light. But truly, there are some lessons that can only be learned when we suffer and when we are challenged. And through these experiences, we learn that the kingdom of heaven is small, but it's valuable. It's unattractive at times, but it's important. Old, but still alive and well today and able to guide us and inspire us. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that is cast out into the sea. It, retri it retrieves great bounty of fish that others will be fed and drawn to the Lord. And what is needed is our willing hearts and hands to be those uh, for love and who love our Lord and are called 
according to God's purposes for wholeness and healing. So my dear friends that have gathered this morning, are you ready to be sheltered, to be nourishment, to be the treasures of our Lord, to be those who draw others to His transforming love? Get ready. We can do this. God is with us. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we realize that the kingdom of heaven can be small, but oh, it is so valuable. Unattractive at times, but oh, how important. Old, but still alive and well, and able to guide us and inspire us today. So Lord, be with us as we, as we reflect, as we percolate over the scripture that Scott read this morning. And as we percolate and as we feel it, may we reach out and be a treasure to somebody. And we pray the Holy Spirit will guide us. Amen.